Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA, 710, brought to you by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. Thank you so much for joining me here. I'm Dave Dunholm. This is Soccer Weekly on the home of world football here in Southern California. ESPN LA, 710. we got a huge show for you on this one. Thank you so much for finding us on this Thursday. Obviously, we had the NBA playoffs here on ESPN LA, 710. Certainly some great action going on there. We've got playoffs of our own to talk about here on Soccer Weekly on a special Thursday edition. Liga MX Ligia going on right now as I speak. Toluca and Chivas. My Toluca battling in Liga MX in the semifinals. We'll also talk about that second matchup coming on Tigres and Tijuana. That's going to be a brilliant match. All of that to get to, plus a very special guest, our first on season two, in fact, our first guest, and only the second guest ever on Soccer Weekly all time. I cannot wait to share uh, that special guest with you coming up later in the show as well. Hot topics of the week, we got to jump right into it. We start kicking the football here quickly on Soccer Weekly, and I got to jump right into we got MLS action. We've got the Mexico preliminary roster coming out for their efforts in the upcoming World Cup qualifying and some friendlies they're going to be playing and some surprises there, some guys that I think you should be looking out for. The U-20 World Cup is coming up in just days. I'm going to be covering that with my other job over at Fox Soccer. And we've got some specifics going on in MLS, some things to get to. Plus, later in the show, right? I don't like to tease stuff too far ahead. I think that's bad radio. Because what do you really care if what I'm talking about in 40 minutes unless I entertain the heck out of you right now? But coming up later, I'm going to break down, and I do mean break down, the Premier League 2016-17. We're going to take a good hard run at the Premier League's back line here and try to score some goals against it. And uh, Chelsea winning the Premier League. Other than that, not much going on this season for uh, Premier League sides, to be sure. The Galaxy get a big win to start the road trip. No question they needed it. Kurt Anolfo needed it. This team needed a performance on the road to start a long road trip, and they got it. It was a brilliant match against New York. They took the Red Bulls right out of the game early. Romana Alessandrini keeps playing well, picks up two goals early in that match, and it made all the difference. Galaxy go on to a 3-1 win. Kurt Anolfo made some nice moves in this game. I said it on Twitter a few weeks back, so it's out there in print, technically, on the Internet. I said you have to, if you're going to go with this roster, if you're not going to make many changes to this roster, and they still will probably in the the summer transfer window, you've got to have Boateng, Alessandrini, Gio Dos Santos, and Jossie Zardes on the pitch at the same time. You must offensively to keep teams off balance. You have to take the pressure off that midfield. Joao Pedro, now Jermaine Jones injured, but they had been struggling. So you needed that offensive thrust, and Kurt Anolfo obviously follows me on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Obviously picked up what I was saying, and he goes about and does it against the Red Bulls, and it pays off. They win 3-1, and it was all offense that did the job. Realistically, that was pretty much a shutout. The Red Bulls got a late goal. They deserved the goal, but so what? You know, it was over. And the Galaxy put together a great performance for three points. That's exactly what they needed at this time. Where do they stand against last season's MLS champion Seattle Sounders? Remember, we're comparing and contrasting because the Sounders got off to a garbage start last season, much like the Galaxy did. After 10 games last season, Seattle was four wins and a draw from 10. 13 points. Galaxy right now after 10, three wins and two draws. So just a shade behind. So there's still obviously a long way to go. 
We're going to keep keep our eyes on that. I love what Kurt Anofo has done following up what he did in that second half against Chicago, benching Yella Van Damme in the first half, basically turning the team upside down on their heads, and it paid off. It carries over to the next game. That is a big sign, a very big sign for this L.A. Galaxy team to get that kind of victory on the road. Speaking of victories, we have a new super team in MLS. It is. We have it. I'm convinced of it. I know it's early, but I'm absolutely convinced. And it's not the LA Galaxy, of course. It's not the defending champion, Seattle Sounders. It's not those stinking scumbags up in Portland. Can't stand the Portland Timbers. It's Toronto FC in the East. TFC is an MLS super club. And they're getting it done week in and week out now under former Galaxy man Greg Vanny the former defender here, he is the manager at TFC, and they are doing the job. Six straight wins. And in a league where it's all about parity, six straight wins is incredible. That separates you from the jump. And right now they're dominating in the Eastern Conference. That six straight win was just this past weekend against Minnesota United, who, by the way, playing much better football of late. Remember, Minnesota United, the loons, as they are known, started out so bad it looked like we should have shot the bird. To put it out of its misery. (laughs) But instead, they started playing much better. And they put up a fight against TFC, but it was a 3-2, a thriller. In those six wins in a row for Toronto FC, 13 goals. Look, I know we hear this in sports. We hear it in the NFL. We hear it in the NHL. Baseball, basketball. It's all about defense, right? Find me a soccer team that scores three goals a game and I'll take my chances. Put the ball in the back of the net and take your chances. That's what Toronto FC is doing. They're giving up some goals. Yeah, you're going to do that. It's much like I say with the Cavaliers in the NBA or the Showtime Lakers. When you score a lot of points, you're going to give up points. You cannot have it both ways necessarily all the time in professional sport. First of all, you're playing against pros. Second of all, when you open yourself up to get that offense going like TFC has done, you're going to give up some goals. Guess what? There are far too many coaches in MLS that if you asked them, would you rather win 1-0 or 4-1, they'd take the 1-0, and that is unacceptable. you got to play for the goal. you got to start pumping the ball in the back of the net, and we saw what happens with the Galaxy when they do it, right, against Red Bulls. So some plenty of stuff to get to there. Mexico's preliminary roster is out. We'll break that down. But Mario, you know what time it is. It's one of my favorite times of the show. It's our Toluca Pachuca update, baby, and we are going to get right to it with our Pachuca uh, Toluca update. And unfortunately for Pachuca, uh, they're not in it. They're going to be worried about uh, the upcoming meetings down in, uh, in, uh, in I don't know, wherever they're having those meetings. Playa del Car, I don't know where they're having them. Cancun, I believe, yeah. We'll ask our guest about that later. So Pachuca's in their, uh, their offseason, but Toluca's right in Liga MX, the semis of Ligia. Right now, I got a score update. Nil-nil. Toluca and Chivas going on in the second half. And I got to be perfectly honest. You know I love my Toluca. Mario, they're not looking good in that first half. They were dreadful. They picked it up in the second half. Way too defensive in their performance in the first half. Started to really pick up the pace. Still haven't cracked the Chivas defense, but it's getting better. Talavera had a couple of nice saves for Toluca in the first half. But what I love about Toluca is... They, they have balance. They haven't showed a lot of it in the playoffs in this 
you know, 75 minutes or whatever against Chivas. But one thing, I, Mario, I don't understand with the finishing up the Toluca-Pachuca update. These uniforms are beautiful for Toluca, right? These beautiful red uniforms. Oh, yeah, the solid red. You like that? Solid red. Love yeah. it. The problem becomes on television, it makes everyone look fat. They look out of shape in these uniforms. It does. It does kind How of stand out. How is that possible? These are soccer players. Look, I'm a fat guy, right? You put that uniform on me, it doesn't matter. It's not going to help. How is how in the world do soccer players look like they're forty pounds overweight with these? I kind of get on? it, Dave. I kind of get it. I, it's and they're beautiful, but they all look like Cuauhtémoc Blanco running around out there. <laughs> Every one of them, and not in Cuauhtémoc's early years either. I'm talking the uh, Chicago Fire years in that red uniform. That is your Toluca Pachuca update. And what? Hey, look. Like I said, we've only had two guests all time in soccer weekly history. Right? This is only going to be the second one. You're going to want to stay tuned. Special guest coming up here on Soccer Weekly, Dave Denholm here on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I'm Dave Denholm. Appreciate you listening on a special Thursday edition, the NBA Finals. Well, Finals of the Eastern Conference were yesterday during our normal Wednesday slot here from 7 to 8 p.m. each and every week here in the home of world football in Southern California. It's Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Check out their website, Puente Hills Toyota. Dot com. Joining me on the show, the, the second all-time guest here. We don't screw on with guests too often unless they're special. And it's the first guest of season two. And it is an honor and a privilege to talk with former L.A. Galaxy frontman and a member of the ESPN family, Hercules Gomez. Hercules, Hercules. Thank you so much for taking the time, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Good. Hercules, let's start with right off of the gate with uh, MLS and the Galaxy, of course. You former L.A. Galaxy guy. They're my L.A. Galaxy. They are my team. What is the impression, Hercules, that you get of this organization now in transition from people outside of L.A.? Uh, well, people outside of L.A., uh, I could only assume. I can't speak for everybody. But the general impression is it's a team in, in pure transition. Uh, Bruce Arena leads. Uh, before he got to the the organization and the team was in disarray, he got there and not only did he set a precedent for winning winning titles, winning championships, but a, a way of uh, of doing things. And there was no going about it. The all time winningest coach leaves, and he takes with him not only the general manager role, but the rest of the coaching staff. Uh, he took the assistant coaches, left Kurt. He took the head of scouting and his son. Um, he was a guy who was pretty much making all the decisions. So once he left, everybody was like, where, where, we, where do you go from there? And they, they got off to a rocky start. Uh, you know, the Galaxy has always been synonymous with star power, and uh, they didn't necessarily fit that bill to start out the season. Not only did it not fit the bill with going out and getting household names and that star power, um, but you, you're trying to bring in, uh, you know, these youth players, uh, and then you have your players that you should be counting on get injured, and these youth players have to step up, and they're not ready. So it all came at the Galaxy very fast, and I think those who know the system, those who know how MLS is, I never panicked, but it was a Galaxy that many aren't accustomed to seeing. Yeah, Her- Hercules, I, I, I joke sometimes that uh, there's a reason these guys had a two after the team they played for last season. they Some of them are not quite ready. You know what I mean? That's that's just the way it goes. Toronto FC looks ready. This team looks like they're on the verge, Hercules, of something special here. I mean, they've been building this thing. They spent a lot of money. They appear for real under Greg Vanny right now. Yeah, they're playing very well, um, and they've been doing it at a consistent level uh, for the last, I want to say, year and a half. 
Uh, and look, this is this is uh, one of those Bruce Arena situations. You look at how they were before Lightwicky uh, came on onto the fold, and it was uh, it wasn't pretty. They they were struggling. They were they were a, a kind of an afterthought within the league, and now they're they're one of the premier franchises within the league. They spend tons of money bringing players in. They have world class facilities. Uh, you know, they compete within that market. It's a very uh, coveted market there in Toronto. They compete. They do well. They have a loyal fan base. They've really turned things around, and they're the real deal. Uh, it doesn't, for some reason, it, it's, listen, Greg's a very good coach, and that's a very good system, but for some reason, whoever they slide in to any position yeah. is responding. They've had players go down with injury. They've had some be suspended. They've just done overall rotations uh, with, with a congested schedule, and they keep picking up wins. They look like they're re- the real deal. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I'm Dave Denholm along with Hercules Gomez, former Galaxy forward, played in Liga MX for a number of years, at Hercules G on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. Also the host of the Max and Herc podcast, uh, listening there on ESPN, and certainly you can find that over at ESPNFC.com. Hercules, let's turn our attention to Liga MX and the Ligia right now. I am a Toluca Pachuca guy. Those are my teams. I uh, love what Pachuca did winning the, the Champions League, kind of giving up a little bit on this regular season here, missing out on the playoffs just a barely a goal difference. But Toluca now battling with Chivas here. This is a team I don't think they're quite ready, Hercules. I think they're still a little like a player or two away with my beloved Toluca. What is your assessment of this team? What Toluca doesn't get the respect they deserve. They're a big club when it comes great organization. To yeah, I mean, yeah, but absolutely. they're not necessarily considered by lots of fans to be a big club uh, or a, be a household name. But yeah. they've got just as many titles as uh, Chivas and America. Uh, <laughs> they're up there. But like you said, um, they may be lacking that one player there. Uh, Treverio seemed like he had very promising future with them, and then had that unfortunate suspension uh, that turned out to be a year. They just got appealed and. Uh, brought down to, I believe it was, uh, eight games. They're actually tied 1-1 right now to Guadalajara. Uh, Chivas just took the lead, and they responded in great fashion. Those tied now, so they got a lot of fight, but giving up that role goal at home is not going to do them any favors. It's definitely the underdog in, in this series, but yeah. it's, it's a great club that I don't think it's the credit that they deserve. I, I agree with you there. I think Chivas can I think Chivas can win this, but boy, that other semifinal, let's take a peek at that Tigres and Tijuana. I mean, these are, to me, these are the two best teams right now in Liga MX, having to meet in the semifinals. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, listen, it's it's number one versus seven, but you would have <laughs> never guessed it. Uh, you know, Tigres has shown how dangerous they could be throughout the years, uh, and it doesn't matter how they get into playoffs. When they're in playoffs, they're just that playoff type of team. And Cholo says for the overall just last two seasons, which would be a year's calendar, proven to be the most consistent. Uh, best team in the league. If this was a European calendar, they'd be champions. But since not, and we have a playoff structure, we get to see one of the best matchups yeah. uh, in recent years. You're talking about the best offense in Cholos versus the best defense in Tigres. The only thing is now, the last four games for Tigres, they have 14 goals for. You know, <laughs> they've, they've proven to be a pretty good offense themselves, and they they're counting on right now with one of the on the best players uh, in the league. You know, Frenchman Andre Pierre Gignac is playing at another level. We used to talk about Reggie Jackson being Mr. October. This guy's Mr. Ligia. He just seems to turn it on when playoffs come. He's unstoppable right now. So it's it's a very attractive matchup. Uh, and even though Tigres is the lower seed, I see them as the favorites. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the first leg, ironically, is the big one. 
with Tigres at home if they can hold Tijuana. You know, they they jumped up that huge advantage over Monterrey in the first in the first round. That pretty much killed off that uh, series. So Tigres is really flying. And people forget, I mean, Juan Carlos Osorio brings in two forwards from Tigres as well on the preliminary roster. This team is loaded. You're absolutely right. Talking with Hercules Gomez here on Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. I'm Dave Denholm. This is presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Uh, Hercules, let's look at this gentleman's pack. You talked about it on uh, Max and Herc on the podcast, and I really enjoyed listening to it. This is something that goes on. Uh, people here in Los Angeles and Southern California that follow League MX, we know about this. You really really uh, shed a lot of light on it in your podcast. I highly recommend soccer fans going to listen to the Max and Herc podcast that just happened with this gentleman's pack talk early June. They have the owners meetings, essentially they're like the NFL owners meetings. What do my Toluca and Pachuca need to do in these meetings to improve? Where do they go from here? We'll start with that. Well, let's, let's start right now. Toluca, let's leave them in the back burner because we still don't know how far they can get. That's true. They can win the whole thing. Yeah, you're right. So they're very capable, but let's look at a team like uh, Pachuca. Pachuca is a very young team. Um, They're very dynamic. They're fast. uh, They're very vertical. When I mean my vertical is, is not route one, but they're always going forward. They're, they're passing, even if it's, lateral it's with a purpose and they're they're very dynamic and in their game so they need to bring in players that can help them they need to get depth because as you know they won the CONCACAF uh, Champions League which gives them the right to go play in the Club World Cup even playing against some of the best teams in the world they want to showcase how good of an organization they are how good of a league league are Mackies so they need to make some waves in that transfer market you need to get a big fish you need to get an, somebody who can play up on Wajara you need to get some depth in the center back position uh, besides uh, Omar Gonzalez, um, they're really thin back there. Yeah. You need somebody else in case Irving Lozano uh, gets sold abroad. You need somebody who can, it's going to be a very tall task, but supplement uh, what he did, how fast he was on the break, and, and how many goals he scored for a winger type of player that he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Her- Hercules, let me ask you about this this factor with when you talk about uh, CONCACAF Champions League going to Club World Cup. I'm desperate, certainly, for my LA Galaxy to get there, but I'm also desperate for an MLS team to get there. And I don't – look, I hate Seattle Sounders. I hate the Portland Timbers with a, f- a passion. You know, I, But when they play in these competitions, I can't help but find myself kind of cheering for them as long as the Galaxy are not involved. Is that the same? Is it a similar thing with League MX because they hate each other down there so much? You know, it's such rivalries. But do you find yourself just rooting for the league almost when you when you get the opportunity, like these Mexican clubs do, to go play Real Madrid? Not, not quite. They, <laughs> they do they do have a, a disdain hate for each other when it comes to fan bases, uh, and they would never cheer for each other yeah. unless it was against an MLS team, and then it didn't ah. matter if it was Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal. They hear, hear MLS they equated to USA versus Mexico, and that's when they would jump ship <laughs> and uh, cheer against the USA. Oh, that's and fantastic! Against MLS, well, for their Mexican uh, colleagues. See, that doesn't surprise me. It's good to know. It's some good insight there. Here, we're talking with Hercules Gomez. You can check him out on Twitter at Hercules G. Of course, he's part of the ESPN family, the Max and Herc podcast. He covers soccer for ESPN FC as well. Hercules, one final thing here as we wrap this up. I take a look at uh, where where are we heading with the United States, and this is a big issue for me, is coaching. You've, you've played under a lot of coaches in Liga MX and then here in MLS. I still think that's the one area, Hercules, where they have to improve. It, yes, you got to get better on the field, on the pitch. You can need better players. You all, every league always needs to improve and get better players. I think the coaching needs to take several steps up. Am I way off on this? 
No, you're not way off. And, and look, part of it is the structure in U.S. soccer. Yeah. Uh, a good coach, somebody who probably knows what they're talking about, who can help kids, uh, can't get accredited. And it's because they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. The coaching fees in this country are, are insane. Um, not the best coaches are the coaches who, who get to coach at high levels. And it's unfortunate. These are people who are shaping the same way teachers shape our kids. Uh, in the future, today shape our our athletes, our players for the future. And if you can't have that good base, well, by the time you get to getting these higher systems, uh, you're left without those fundamentals. And those, that's a big challenge for us. It's uh, we talk about our, our players uh, maybe not being good enough at an international level, but it all starts with our coaching. Uh, we've we've got all the resources in the world in this country. There yeah. should be no reason why we can't um, constantly consistently produce top-level talent in any sport. You look at, I don't care if it's soccer, I don't care if it's football or basketball, whatever you, whatever sport you can think of, this country has the resources where if you dedicated yourself, you should be producing world-class class athletes. You should be churning them out. And the same thing with soccer. It starts, starts at the coaching level. Yeah, he is exactly right. Hercules Gomez. Hercules, at Hercules G on Twitter. Follow him there. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time. The first guest of Season 2 here on uh, Soccer Weekly, and I truly appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Really enjoyed it. You bet. Hercules Gomez there, part of the ESPN family, ESPN FC. Check him out online with the Her- Max and Herc podcast. Doing a great job there. Really appreciate him taking the time, breaking down at Ligia, and taking a look at MLS as well. Still so much more to get to. I am going to tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay this out for you right now. When, coming up on Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710, I'm going to tell you exactly what you should believe about the Premiership and the uh, Barclays Premier League. All of that and so much more. Soccer Weekly, Dave Denholm here on ESPN LA 710. Indeed we are, steely-voiced radio voiceover man. Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Dave Denholm hanging out with you. Breaking down and working up the minutia that is the world of world football here on the home of soccer in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. You want to hit me up on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. We continue the conversation Throughout the week there, taking your responses there as well to the show. Also, follow me on Instagram, Dave underscore Denholm. I mean, whatever. I take a picture every now and again of some building in downtown L.A. if you're interested. Whatever. Uh, Really, don't even bother. Frankly, don't even bother. It's not worth it. Sometimes I take a a snapshot of, like, my dessert that I have at dinner. Who cares? We care about world football here. It's time for the soccer scoreboard. Got to give you a rundown of some of the action that's been going on. And the biggest game, of course, is Ligia, Liga MX, the playoffs for Clausura. And Toluca, my Toluca, just wrapped it up at home in the first leg against uh, Chivas in the semifinal. And it, well, it didn't go well, frankly. Big Red did not look good. Rodolfo Pizarro on the 83rd looked like Chivas was going to win the game 1-0 with a goal there. But then, a couple of minutes later, Fernando Uribe gets a goal back for Toluca. So they're still alive. I mean, they're still fighting. It's not a great result, and they did not play well. My fearless producer, the great Mario Reyes, and I were watching, prepping for the show, and it was not pretty, especially the first 45. But even Mario said, look, it was a better performance in the second half for Toluca. They turned it on a bit, gave up the goal. That's not good. And then you think, uh-oh, but they come back a couple minutes later. So still plenty of fight in Toluca. Uh, left in that semifinal. The other one is just kicking off, and it is a beauty. Oh, Tigres versus Tijuana. This is a series here. These two legs are going to be fantastic. 
Earlier in the Premiership, Tottenham just runs roughshod over the defending champs, Leicester City. 6-1 the final in that game. And in the Scottish Prem, Celtic and everybody else, right? And it, it showed on the road as they t- just destroyed Partick Thistle 5-0. Partick Thistle sounds like a, a medicine you get for like a rash, right? Mom, I have some heat rash. Go get some Partick Thistle over at the uh, CVS, <laughs> right? It does. We're all shaking our heads. I don't make this stuff up to be funny. I, I think I'm right. Mom, I just uh, got a little uh, poison oak at summer camp. Here, I've got a bottle of Partick Thistle. <laughs> and Celtic ran all over him. 5-0 the final there in uh, in action in the Scottish Premiership, which Celtic had won, I think, 14 weeks ago. Well, longer than that. I think they wrapped it up after like the second week of the season. It brings me to the Premiership, though. And here, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, a number if you want to get involved, or you can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Do not do that if you're driving on the roads here in Southern California or anywhere around the world where you're listening to me right now, and I know you are. Don't do it if you're in your car, but if you're safe, you can tweet me, at TalkSoccer, 877-710-ESPN. I got to tell you, the premiership just keeps getting, it, it is the most overrated thing in all of sports the premiership in England hands down is it a good league yes is it the best league in the world well no not based on performance I mean it might be the deepest you can argue the problem with that becomes so many people in America right your friends and neighbors that we uh, we associate with maybe in Kansas City or in the East Coast so many people, Seattle, those pompous Seattle soccer fans. So many people overrate from top to bottom the premiership. It's disgusting. It's the most overrated thing in all of sport. And not, you know, just barely ahead of the NBA. <laughs> but just barely. The regular season, I should say, the NBA. It's worthless. But the premiership is ridiculous. Look, you've got your Chelsea playing some nice football. They deserve to win. Tottenham is a nice young core, no question. Good talent. Man City looked a mess this year and lost six games only. Liverpool, eh, they're all right. Arsenal, who knows? They're okay. They always the, the very fact that Arsenal can be a mess, according to everybody else, right? And Man United's having a dismal season, and Arsenal is fifth on 72 points, and Man United loses five games all year. Tells you that the uh, the absolute seven on down is so overrated and so ridiculous. You everybody, you can talk about Crystal Palace and everybody thinks they'd win the Bundesliga if they're, it's ridiculous! Utterly absurd. Now I know Bayern Munich is Bayern Munich. I get that, but there are, this league is so vastly overrated based on money. They have the money. Everyone in sports assumes, right, money always equals the best. It's not the case with the Premiership. I'm sorry. You watch this week in and week out. Are the games good? Yeah, absolutely. Good league. Really good league. I'm not saying – you can be overrated, right? It's the Kenny Lofton effect in baseball. Remember the old Indians outfielder? Kenny Lofton, vastly overrated, and he was still a good player, right? You can argue – and I'll whisper this because people are going to drive off the road. You can argue Michael Jordan was overrated for a time. The best player we've ever seen? Yeah, maybe. 
still might have been overrated. So I'm sitting there telling you the premiership is overrated. Don't drive your car off the road. Don't curse me out like you are right now. That doesn't mean it's not a good league. You talk about Chelsea, Tottenham, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal. They cannot compete with Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich. Can't They're not on the same level. It's AYSO versus, you know, the MLA. It, it's, there's no comparison to those the best three, four, five teams in the world to Chelsea, Tottenham, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United. Those teams are nice. They're cute. They cannot compete against the best teams. Now, you can sit here and say, well, what is it, Denham? Of course, it's just Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. Not hardly. Last I checked, Bayern Munich has neither of those players. Bayern Munich is loaded. Don't get me wrong. But they are. Just, th- these teams are not even in the same class. And you, you, you'd be foolish to say otherwise, really. I mean, what are you watching? And you, the good thing is you get to prove that out every year in Champions League. Right? They can't compete. I want to know what in the world is going on over there with all that money. There are a number of factors. I want to hear from you, 877-710-ESPN. You might think I'm nuts. That's fine, too. We can have the discussion. I'm not afraid of that. Right? I've been told I'm wrong my whole life when it comes to radio. That's fine. I got no problem with that. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Or you can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Got one from my old buddies at Yanks, call it soccer. And uh, says, "Uh uh-oh, more EPL hate coming. Thank you. No, it's not hate. It's truth. It's truth. Yanks call it soccer. And you should know better. And then he goes on to tweet, sounds like you're proving yourself wrong, Dave. No, I said, this is a good league. Of course it is. The premiership is very good. It's overrated. I don't want to hear about how Bournemouth could go off and dominate in other leagues. Stop it. They're terrible. They're not good. Don't tell me about West Brom. <laughs> Up the baggies or what? I mean, come on. Watford, give me a break. Why do you think these teams at the top are so good, allegedly, in the premiership? Because they play this scrap that's at the bottom of the heap. Hull. Hull, I mean, come on. Crystal Palace and Alan Pardew. Are you kidding me? Give me a break. I'll go so far as to say this. I will say it right now. There is, in terms of England as a footballing nation, and some of this has to do with their national team, not so much the premiership, but they're intertwined based on how it's going. The English national team is no better than the United States, and it certainly is not as good as Mexico. There. Why are you laughing? It's true. The English national team ain't done anything. The last time they won a World Cup was when? Yeah, before I was born, and I'm as old as dirt. 66 was the last time they won a war. What has the English national team done? The nation as a whole is overrated in football. Why not? Why wouldn't their league be overrated? Now, I know they import a lot of great talent. But then they overpay for English talent. Therein lies one of the problems. They waste so much money on their own trying to keep them in, the, in line. And, and, and they're overpaying 
for average to above, barely above average talent. It's a problem. 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to the phones. Jesse is in El Monte. Jesse, you're first up here on Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. What's going on, man? How's it going? This is my first time listening to the show. I like what you're, what you're saying there about the Premier League. I definitely have to agree with you that it's underrated. I think they do not compare to the top league like uh, La Liga, of course. No. I think it's just more or less compared to the style of play that they play in England where it's more of a kickball type game. Yeah. Whereas in Spain, you have a lot more uh, technical stars. And, and in England, they just, they just don't compete. They, they don't compare when it comes down to Champions League. I mean... China, you were mentioning earlier right now, while listening, that they, they can't compete with uh, Madrid, you said, and yeah. Barca. But they can't even compete with Juventus, Monaco, Leverkusen. Uh, uh, let, let's throw in these other teams, PSG. They, they can't even beat them. So don't be comparing them to the Giants of football. Jesse, I mean, they can't even Dude, you're right. Juventus would run away and hide from the Premiership. They'd win it so easily. I mean, much like they do in Italy. Don't get me wrong. Juventus is great. So I'm not taking anything away from them. Jesse, thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it. Good stuff there. Juventus would destroy the Premiership. I mean, come on. It's just, I mean, there's no doubt. Stop hiding behind just this popular opinion that everybody just it's like well it's it's typical outside of soccer too we all just gravitate to something that we think is just true we just have to believe it we hang on to it so tight absurd 877-710-ESPN 877-710-3776 more of your phone calls still to come as we break down what we really should be thinking about the Premiership, a fine football league, no doubt, but vastly overrated. And they got a lot of issues that they need to address. This is Soccer Weekly. I'm Dave Denholm, presented by Puente Hills Toyota on ESPN LA 710. Of course the Premiership is overrated. How could you think otherwise? Soccer Weekly, Dave Denholm hanging out with you. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Or hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer, where you can follow the show there. And uh, don't forget, we podcast the show each and every week after it's done. You, if, you, if you just missed it, we had the interview with Hercules Gomez. Uh, from ESPN FC earlier on the show. You'll want to catch that for sure. And we are going to be, uh, again, talking about the uh, premiership here, taking your phone calls, 877-710-3776. We'll do that with uh, Kevin, who's next up in your Belinda here on Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, Dave? So my question to you is you're, com- you're saying that the Prem is underrated. Overrated. overrated you said. Yeah. Overrated. Then tell me this. If a team like Juventus is able to steal the top player from Napoli and the team of um, Bayern Munich is stealing Lewandowski on free transfers and overtaking the league, pretty much just controlling the league, there's no competition in the league anymore. If you compare that to the Premier League that actually has constant talent that is growing in the actual feeder teams, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm... I'm certain that the Premier League is much better than all other leagues. It's it's look. It's in the sense that you want how many teams with a chance to win, right? You want to Americanize essentially, which is what the Premiership is trying to do in essence. Americanize their version of their league by having hopefully six, seven, eight teams that can compete. It's really only about four or five, really. But there are there are that group there, no question. Yes, Bayern Munich dominates, no doubt. But you know, you look at La Liga. Atletico is right there, no question. Real Madrid and Barcelona are always going to be there, seemingly. I mean, it's it, 
when you talk about who's the best and which league is really the you can say well it's the best league in terms of competition okay I can't argue that in, in, on some level, but there's just a lot of garbage teams in the Premiership, too. And that makes the teams toward the top, so it's so much easier to win a bunch of games against this just absolute garbage teams. Thank you, Kevin, for the phone call. I mean, I, I looked at, if you look at a team like Stoke, right, 14th in the league, now they could go down a little bit further depending on the last game, and they could pop up a little bit in the standings. They're generally going to be that type of team, 10th through 16th, right? Stoke City, they got no chance to go to Europe. They're not a great team. Here's the problem. Stoke City does not have one good win all year, and by good win, I mean top five times, top Six team, you know, Man United, Arsenal, Liverpool, you know the usual stuff. Not once did Stoke City beat any of those teams this season. And that is not rare. Crystal Palace, West Ham, Leicester, the defending champ. Now, that was an anomaly. Shows you how poor the top teams really are in the Premiership that Leicester was able to win. Watford, Burnt, I mean, these teams are bad teams. And they're not getting relegated. We're not even talking about Hull and Middlesbrough and Sunderland. Garbage teams. If you want the competition, I understand why you like it. That's why I said it's a good league. But to sit here and tell me how great and how dominated, and see, here we go with this tweet. These are embarrassing, Mordecai, who tweets in, whole city would win MLS going away. It is such an embarrassment to be that wrong. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. FC Dallas, I got news, is far superior to Hull City. And I don't know that FC Dallas is going to win MLS Cup. Toronto FC, that's embarrassing to compare Hull City to TFC. You want to compare them to my Galaxy who are struggling? I get that. But don't you dare, Hull City. We'll be lucky. Watch when Brighton comes up and absolutely terrible in the Premiership next season. Yeah, there's so much depth, please. It's embarrassing. Great stuff. We continue the conversation at Talk Soccer throughout the week. Mario, you know what time it is, though, baby. This is one of the f- most fun segments we have, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Gotta love it. All right, Dave, check this out. Man United is set to meet with investors over a spending spree set to exceed over 200 million pounds this oh. summer. Crazy. It's crazy, and uh, they're playing in the Europa League final. Yeah. That's as far as they can get, spending that kind of money every year. And woohoo! what does it get you? Let's hope we can beat Ajax. We had one tweeter call it, or Twitter uh, guy uh, call, uh, tweeted in, Mario. That's a are, tweeter. Yeah, a tweeter. Are they as good as Erie Divise? Well, we'll find out. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what 200 million pounds gets you, a trip to the Europa League final, baby. I love the Europa League, by the way. Man, I mean, forget about that uh, world world record deal that they did for Paul Pogba last year. This is going to be bigger. Yeah, two hundred million bones. Especially if they go off their green. What is that? In, yeah, in dollars, that's like two hundred sixty million. Two hundred sixty million bucks. Oh man, they better win under Jose Mourinho with that kind of money. All right, talking about the Premier League, yeah. three teams just got relegated: oh. Sunderland, Hull City, Middles Middlesbrough. Garbage, garbage, and garbage. (laughs) Which of the three relegated teams have the best chance to bounce back? To bounce back right now. Now, of course, there's a couple of factors. Middlesbrough is probably the team that's best suited to play in the in the championship next season. In other words, they go down to the championship. They got. I mean, they're probably best suited with the roster they have. Sunderland, though, is a massive club. They're still. They've got a lot of work to do. This this roster is absolutely filled with holes. 
But they have a lot of money. I mean, they have a big – Hall City's a mess, so they're the least likely. I still say with the slightest advantage is Middlesbrough. But I'll tell you this, Mario, I don't believe any of the three are going to jump right back up next season. None of the three. None of the three. All right. So German club FC St. Pauli survived relegation this season. From Bundesliga 2. Wow. They were about to go down to the third division. And they're going to thank the, the fans on Sunday's game with 1,000 liters of free beer. Whoa! And admission-free, too, as well. Admission-free and free beer. That's how you thank the fans right I'll there. tell you what, there's going to be some cops at FC St. Pauli <laughs> doing some overtime work. Right. <laughs> oh, man. What is that? That's like a, that's like a gallons. I mean, hundreds of gallons of beer, right? 1,000 liters. That is incredible. And, yeah, the fans, well... <laughs> I guess if you don't want to go down to the third division, you got to pay off your fans for their loyalty because they did not have a good year, but they did survive. That's all that matters. Beer and St. Pauli. FC St. Pauli girl, I guess, right? Isn't that the, they get, that's, it's a beer team, so that's the way it goes. That is stoppage time. Another great addition here. And look, it's just getting better and better. I do want to stress it. Soccer Weekly, this is a special Thursday edition. You can catch us on Wednesday nights here on ESPN LA 710, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. You know me, I work at Fox Soccer. I'm going to be doing some work hosting for the Under-20 World Cup, the FIFA Under-20 World Cup, which, by the way, was no guarantee for the U.S. to be getting into these competitions in the last few years. But Tab Ramos has the U.S. side in the Under-20 World Cup. So uh, coverage there. Check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mexico's in a good Group B. Check that out as well. Mexico's always good with these U-20 and U-17 teams. They're always Always a threat. Don't forget, coming up here tomorrow morning on ESPN LA 710, it's the morning show with Keyshawn, George, and LZ, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. each and every day on the weekdays here at ESPN LA 710. I want to thank Mario Reeves, my fearless producer, the great Jesse Lopez. I'm Dave Denholm. This has been Soccer Weekly on your home for world football here in Southern California, ESPN LA 710.